All right, that was a little 8-bit version of The Strokes last night. Oh, I like that. Yeah, oh, Chris <laughs> likes his song. Last night. <laughs> Normally, I'm prepared to go, not a fan. I, I assure you, I'm not a fan. Uh, hey, we're best friend of me. I'm Christopher Long. And I'm Johnny Castana. Whoa, you said your real name. Yeah, well, you know, I'm putting myself out there now. It. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since we recorded. It's been about a month. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, Are you back on any music again? I'm not a fan. Yeah, dude, so much shit has happened since the podcast. Last one. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, what? What? Do I'm going to talk about Kobe dying okay. in the in the helicopter crash, and I'm going to pretty much stop right there because. I still have a hard time watching any news reports or anything on it. I felt like a brother died, dude. You know, I, I, I got, <laughs> I have been a notorious uh, Kobe hater for his entire career. I'd hate him too if he wasn't on my team. So he, so when that came out that he died, I got a bu- bunch of text messages. And I, I don't know if people were expecting me to like talk shit about him, <laughs> but I'm like, dude, it's tragic. Like, yeah, it is tragic. I mean, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, what is he, 41 years old? Yeah, younger to than me, us, dude. Prime of his life. Like, there's so much, so much living. Black. Dude, every <laughs> fucking episode, Johnny. That's diabetes. <laughs> Why don't you get up? I'll just keep talking. Keep Go talking. freaking talking. mute your shit. So, completely tragic. So much living to do and... uh you know, and I told people that when Jerry Sloan retired unexpectedly in the middle of the season, I felt like I lost a member of the family, and he didn't even die. So everyone, like, I totally got it. I got where people were depressed and like, I can't believe it. And Dude, yep. I get it. Dude, like, for a Laker fan, it comes on in waves. Like, you think you're done, and then all of a sudden you'll see something or another tribute or... Tribute song, and you're just like, fuck, dude. Dude, there was a clip um, making the rounds on social media where from the, the All, All-Star game was mm-hmm. this last weekend, and Chris uh, Middleton from the Bucks was standing. Hey, did you see this? He was standing there like, dude, and you saw him from behind. He looked exactly like Kobe Bryant, like his like how he was standing and everything, and it was like, oh, shit, he does. Like, yeah. Now I get it. My uh, my heart goes out to Laker Nation. I mean, should do when John Stockton dies, I'm gonna freaking have a heart attack. But so I get it. But so yeah. So let's. Uh, that's just bumming me out. Let's move on to something else. All right. Let's move on. So um, Oscars, dude. The Oscars. Um, Johnny's gonna take credit for claiming that uh, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor for Joker. Two for two. Two for two. I think, you know what, I think, I, I don't I don't think there was anyone in the running that was going to win. I mean, if you looked at all the actors up for Best Actor, like, yeah, you knew Joaquin Phoenix was going to win. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a little, so I took some notes. Okay. I actually watched, my wife and I. My wife. <laughs> 
do not get around to watching tons of movies. This year, we actually watched quite a few because uh, we had uh, uh, a connection uh, who got us some movies that we could watch. We know a pirate. Though. Yeah. Arr, pirate. Arr. All the uh, movies are rated R. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was bad. Uh, but I watched Parasite, and I, re- I liked it. I it, don't it, it's know. It's an okay movie. It ran the table. I mean, best director, you know, best foreign uh, feature film. What, uh, like adapted screenplay? Or, uh, so it won I, some dude, bunch of bullshit. It won, like, everything. First foreign film to ever win best picture, too, I think. It, yes. No, it was. And But the only thing, the director, hold on, I wrote, I wrote down his name, which I'm going to butcher. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. Um, we can just say Bong, director Bong. Bong. They asked him, like, hey, what are you going to do now? He's basically, I'm going to go get drunk. Yeah, no. He said, <laughs> I'm going to have drinks till morning. <laughs> Which, he said it twice. And hey. Hey. Love him for that. He also dropped an F-bomb in the um in the, in the the press conference. He had his interpreter. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the mic and he thinks he's going to say some English. like, And he goes, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I didn't think, quite frankly, I liked Parasite. It was just an okay movie. Yeah, I don't think it was like best picture. And then, you know, this is my thing with the Oscars. That they're actors that have such a great body of work and they've done roles. And they're gifted. And that they should have won an Oscar for, but they didn't. And so finally, the Academy is like, okay, we got to give them a pity Oscar. I felt that way about uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He did so many great roles. Yeah. And then he got one that was like, dude, that wasn't his best role. Like, yeah, I mean, like, Aviator was incredible. What did he get it for? Uh, what was it? Re- uh, Revenant? Yes. Was it Revenant? That yeah. Did? Which was good, but... It, he didn't even show up for it. Dude, it wasn't like a, a great... I mean, I really enjoyed that movie. No, it was good, but I don't think he had better roles. Uh, And then I feel feel the same way about Brad Pitt. He's done like Twelve Monkeys. He's done all these roles. Legends of the Fall. Never forget Legends of the Fall. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, California. I mean, he's done all these great roles, and it was like, I mean, he was good. I think he's a great actor, but like, really. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like the one he gets an Oscar for? Yeah, that's I weird. I don't know. I don't know. Lisa's speech was cool. Joaquin Phoenix's speech was fucking just a weirdo, dude. You know, the thing with his speech, I understand having your cause and speaking, but I felt like he was all over the place. Like, you know, animal rights, then, he, you know, like. I, Nervously, t- like, quieting the crowd. <laughs> from right yeah. when he walked out, I was like. Come on, Joaquin. This is your moment, dude. You know, Loosen he, up, buddy. He kind of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I respect if you have a cause and you want to speak to your cause, but like taking himself just a little too seriously. I, I like that he quoted uh, his brother River's yeah. uh, song lyric at yeah. the end. I thought that was really cool. I got a little little tear because, uh, God damn, was River Phoenix cool actor growing up. Yeah. I uh, so then best actress went to uh, Renee Zellweger for uh, her portrayal of Judy Garland. Have zero desire to see uh, that. Yeah, haven't zero. Have, I will not be watching. I have not asked the uh, pirate for that at all. The pirate. Uh, right. But so this is my pick. 
what I think should have won Best Picture was Jojo Rabbit. I, I'm not going to argue that. I also loved uh, Ford versus Ferrari, too. Um, yeah. I, Jojo I, Rabbit was insane, though. It was I, the best film I've seen in years. It was incredible. And, uh, you know. A little sad, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're dealing with Nazis and Jews. Like, it's not going to be freaking... The feel-good hit of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, I think that uh, Sam Rockwell probably should have won Best Supporting Actor. Oh, my God. That reminds me. Um, we, got a, we got a letter from my brother, Billy. Okay. And, sure. uh, and he had some discrepancies about when you were picking your top act- actors on the last uh okay podcast uh-huh what was his uh your quote was i think no actor whatsoever could play iron man but uh robert downey jr uh-huh uh-huh and his argument was well if sam rockwell is your favorite actor wouldn't he be able to play iron man chris <clears throat> all right billy <laughs> um Yes, I can see Sam Rockwell being able to play any character. We got him! We got but, him, Billy! But, <laughs> but I still, dude, I mean, it would be like, man, it was like Solo. I did not see that new guy as being Han Solo. It was Harrison Ford. Like, And I think with Iron Man or uh, Tony Stark, it's Robert Downey Jr. But your man Sam pretty much can play. Oh, he can play anything. <laughs> he can play anything. I mean, so, dude. so you might want to change that to Robert Downey Jr. or Sam Rockwell. <laughs> All right, Billy, you got me. <laughs> Touche. Freaking, you know what? You, you know what? He even called me and reminded me today because I told him I was recording. Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> Billy, you need to get a light. When are we going to have your brother on the podcast? We got to have the Laker chicken and we got to have your brother. Yeah. Because I can't wait to get some great stories from your brother. Oh, uh, dude, he was, he, well, he raised me. But he did some fucked up things too. But we won't hold that. We won't hold that against him. No, dude. We'll just ask him like, <laughs> we'll we'll just ask him, is it true? Questions. Did you do this to your brother? Did you do that? Did you joust on your bicycles with broomsticks and trash can lids? But dude, who on has, concrete, who hasn't done that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, we grew up in the seventies and early eighties, dude. Billy, did you and your friends pin Johnny down and pour chocolate syrup and caramel all over him in front of girls? They did that to me. And the problem Dick. is <laughs> I was like I was like nine, Chris. And do you have a younger brother? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. you see that's that older brother mentality. It's fucking funny. <laughs> hey. You know what? My brother actually picked on me all the time until I got my green belt in karate, and all of a sudden, he, I grew out of it. <laughs> Didn't want to test it. <laughs> uh, so, on this episode, we are, Johnny and I, actually, both of us remembered that this top five was top five favorite actresses. Yes, we're showing the ladies some love. And they just don't show us love. <laughs> Uh, and Coach Jeff, or excuse me, Professor Jeff is coming on for hashtag comic head segment. Just say Prof Jeff. It's easier. All right. And uh, this might be a little bit of a shorter episode. I don't know. Yeah, we always find a way to fuck that up, though. You know what? Well, yeah, because you play every song through, all the way through. I'm electric. I like a, a good, I like the lead in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, uh, why don't we get this party started? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing out of Costa Mesa, California, two of the meanest podcasters in the game, both Brazilian jiu-jitsu artists with a background in being family men, Chris and Johnny from Best Frenemies, we salute you on this day, you savages. Ha! What's up, bitches? And now, back by popular demand, it's time for Best Frenemies Top 5 List. All right, thanks for that intro, Donnie Darko. All right, this is Top 5 Favorite Actresses, and I'm going to let Johnny go first like the bitch that he is. Okay, that's easy. Um, <laughs> coming in hot like a smoke show, <laughs> number 5. Gal Gadot, and uh, yeah, Wonder. I would, I would like to tell people it's because of Wonder Woman, but it's because she's a fucking smoke show. <laughs> you know what? And I she, just had a conversation about Wonder Woman. I thought that was a good film. I liked it. I liked it. I, I guess, thought she did a great job. I'm a little leery of the new one coming out, 1984, 19, with bringing back her love interest, Chris Pine. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I liked him in the first one too. I did too, so. but he why fucking, break up the team, Chris? He fucking died. Jeez, it's not like a force ghost or anything. <laughs> yeah, something believable like a force <laughs> ghost. <laughs> uh, okay, my number five, Kate Blanchett. Uh, I loved her. I mean, pretty much anything she does, but. Uh, her portrayal of Catherine Hepburn and the aviator with, Oh, she was good in that. Oh dude, she killed it. And the whole time I was watching it, I bought that it was Catherine Hepburn. Like I wasn't looking at saying, Oh, it's someone playing Catherine Hepburn. I thought she, she did a fantastic job. I think she is huge talent. So that's it. That's my number five. What's your number four? We're cruising. We're ripping through these. <laughs> my number four is uh, Emma Stone. I, I like uh, her her uh, comedic takes. She's always good in anything that she's in. She hold it. She was like uh, her first big thing was uh, super bad, right? Yeah, she was in that. All right, and then she was in Zombieland. Yep, I liked her in that too. I, good choice, dude. I'm yeah. not gonna argue your choices. No one likes that. People like when we argue. I know. So well, let's let's argue on the next one. All right, uh, my. Number four, Frances McDormand. And, Who uh, the fuck is her? <laughs> Fargo, three billboards. Oh, okay, got it, got it. She, I already know it. I can see the sandy blonde hair. She is a huge talent. And, man, I freaking love pretty much anything she does. Didn't she win an Academy Award? She did. And she did that really... Uh, she did the like whole the like pace, yeah yeah equal i mean it was cool like i think actors and actresses should stay in their lane on their speeches but <laughs> but chris i know you're in the entertainment business you're not going to get my back on that, yeah but. i'm in the entertainment yeah i'm a podcast uh, <laughs> i'm a famous podcaster uh all right what's your number three uh my number three i think is very talented but also a total smoke show <laughs> And that's Olivia Wilde. She was on uh, 
Vinyl. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, oh, and she was married to Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yes. She was, uh, uh, man, uh, X-Men, was it Apocalypse, I believe? She had a... Yep. Yeah, no, I... Yep. All right. I, I mean, I like her, too. So... <laughs> very, very, very safe, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we're... All right. Uh... Moving right along, my number uh, three is Winona Ryder. And let me tell you, this is, hold on, I got some stipulations though. <laughs> Not a fan of her in Stranger Things, I'm going to be honest. I think she's kind of over the top. Um, I, I'm i not a fan of her in that. But Heathers? Heathers was, oh dude, she was awesome. No, she killed Beetlejuice. Uh, Edward Scissorhands? Oh dude, she killed it she was so talented do you remember that show way back in the uh was it lucas Mm -hmm. with one of the Corys? yes uh i always thought she was a huge talent and so when it was like stranger things i'm like oh she's making a comeback dude (laughs) did you see her at the at the emmys when (laughs) she couldn't hear or something so everyone's like talking and celebrating she's just kind of looking around like no i didn't oh dude there was a bunch of memes (laughs) i so yeah winona Ryder. that's my number three we're getting down and, and, to the top two. And she was married to Johnny Depp, right? I don't think they were married. They were he dating, had, and he had a Winona, Winona t- tattoo. It said Winona he, forever. And he had to get it, like... He got it covered up to say Wino forever. Fair enough. <laughs> My <well>. man, Johnny, <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, okay, Mike coming in, and my number two is... Uma Thurman for her roles in Pulp Fiction and the Kill Bill series. You know what? I liked, I mean, going back all the way to like Dangerous Liaisons, I thought she was great. I thought she was a huge talent, uh, or is, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I already wrote her off. Uh, I. This is going to be a really fucking boring top five. <laughs> yeah. I want you to, I want your number we one. Promised, do- we promised our listeners that we would not just focus on actors on the last one so we're keeping our promise yeah but i i want you to pick someone that i can argue and go you're an idiot you, dude there's no way you're gonna my number one is is locked in all right my uh number two jennifer lawrence mm. she american hustle silver linings playbook i mean all those photos i got leaked <laughs> <laughs> actually i never saw any of those photos Oh, me but neither. Wink, wink. <laughs> American Hustle, she killed it. Oh, she was great. She was great. Yeah. I mean, Academy Award winner. Um, She's great in those photos, too. I mean, in her big, like, Hunger Games, quite frankly, I didn't think she was that great. I mean, it just, it wasn't like a huge I didn't think the movie, stretch it's for weird. her acting. It's but, weird when I hear people say they like the Hunger Game movies, but they never read the books, because the books were insane. I ate those books up when they came out. I loved them. Oh, I mean, but you're saying, I mean, the ones with pictures, right? No. The, the, the book books, Chris. What? <laughs> you read that? Hey, speaking of that, they're coming out with a prequel book. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard that. And I'm yeah. fucking just for it, Chris. Apparently. All right. I want your number one, and I want it to be something I can argue. Go. My number one is the queen of comedy in my eyes, and that's Lucille Ball. Okay, you totally came through for me. Um, dude, she's a f- notoriously, she was a bitch. 
That doesn't like, have anything to do with her dude, talent. Total bitch. Like people couldn't look her in the eye. There was a guy I talked to. A she, she's hey, well, no, no, let me tell my story. Later in life, she was on a plane. A flight attendant was like, um, hey, Miss Ball, would you like something to drink? And she just stared straight ahead. She didn't say anything. And then finally, the person talking next to him uh, or sitting next to Lucy Ball was like, Miss Ball does not speak to the help. And Maybe she's she like, couldn't hear it. Chris, do you, do you know how many times people ask you a question and then I have to like tap you and tell you what they just asked you oh no that happens all the time and i'm like Jiu-Jitsu. i'm like chris is dead everyone's laughing i'm like what they say <laughs> and i'm like it wasn't that funny don't worry about it you're my you're my my hearing like hearing eye dog <laughs> you know what between the two of us we make a complete man yeah because i'm fucking blind as a bat i'm deaf you know <laughs> Uh, what was that movie stir crazy <laughs> oh shit yeah with richard Pryor <laughs> and <No>. jane wilder <laughs> yes we're pretty oh. much the new version of uh stir crazy all right well i don't like your number one i think lucille ball's a bitch what and about, i quite frankly her, i didn't even like her show her body of work you didn't like no dude you're crazy you're just arguing for the sake of arguing no i'm not i don't like her all right. You're like the one guy that didn't like the Beastie Boys in like seventh grade because everybody else liked the Beastie Boys. No, I like the Beastie Boys. Okay. Uh, my number one, Natalie Portman. Oh. Dude. Another smoke show. <laughs> when I, whoa, 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 whoa. That's nothing to do with it. However, when I first became aware of her, it was in the, uh, the movie. Professional. No. Beautiful Girls. Beautiful Girls. Beautiful Girls. Oh, okay. Did you ever see that? Yeah. She was great, the professional, and she seems to be like a child star that is actually well-adjusted. Yeah, that like made it out. She made it out, and I, you know what? The only thing I did not see was it Black Swan. Yeah. My wife told me about it, and there's a scene where freaking like uh, that 70s show girl is like fingering Natalie yeah. Portman in a taxi, and that didn't even get me to watch it, but um, you know, it's on my list. It's a good one. It's a good one. But nah, I think Natalie Portman, huge talent. Dude, she just has a total freak out, like a, a mental breakdown, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> so she's a, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> he did really good until the end, Chris. <laughs> I, honey, I am totally sorry. But you know, crazy in the head, crazy, crazy in, in bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen to this segment now before I get into trouble. <laughs> Man in the box. All uh, right. So this is another uh, segment of uh, hashtag Comke. We have uh, Professor Jeff. Yes, so, right. Um, have all your wildest dreams come true now that you're a black belt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Has the world just completely opened up to you? You know what's cool? <clears throat> I will say is like, you don't realize how, or I didn't realize how there's always like in the back of your head, this pressure, mostly obviously self-imposed about the next belt. Cause you're always kind of thinking like, 
oh, I'm going to, man, that would be cool to be a black belt someday. And I remember watching Jugs get his black belt when I was like a little white belt or blue belt or yeah. whatever. And, uh, and then like you get a brown belt like you guys got and you're like, oh man, this is like real now. Like the next belt is a black belt. And then you get a black belt and then all that pressure is kind of gone. So the only thing, when you told me that, I mean, that makes sense to me. I mean, anyone who's training, I mean, you're going for your black belt. I mean, you want to get your black belt. You're training, you're sore, your knees hurt. Everyone's got a personal goal. And it's like, dude, the black belt is, you know, that's what you're striving for. At least that's what I am. And, but to me, the pressure, and I know you have your your crew that you train with and, and you roll with. But it seems like with each belt, you have all these other people gunning for you. Yeah. I mean, there's that too. Of course, like people want to roll with the black belt and like get one over on the black belt. But I think like what I've learned is for the most part, the black belts don't care. Yeah. Or they, or they should, I guess like you have to find different meaning in it because there's not another belt to strive for. Right. And I guess if I was like a competitor and I was still like competing a lot, like I used to and all that stuff, then you have those things to like challenge you. But I think that, uh, for me, it's like, how do I make this still interesting and fun? And so then it was more about like being like a student again, like starting over, like really studying the positions again, like trying to become more knowledgeable, um, really trying to develop like my, my game and, kind of like trying to make everything tighter and really like that's the stuff that makes me want to go train every day. Cause I didn't want to be one of those guys that gets his black belt and doesn't train. That's going to be Chris and I, you're no, never, no, you're never going to see us again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm wrong. just kidding. Chris, no, it's a joke. No, because I, I mean, even the black belts that like at Dawn patrol that still show up, I'm like, Hey, do, do you ever feel like, like you got your black belt and you're going to bow out? And all of them were like, well, no, yeah, right. no, we did. They're all solid, and and I want to I want to do jujitsu as long as I can. I mean, that's my gym time. That's I don't like going to twenty four hour fitness and lifting weights and stuff. This is my. I mean, I plan on doing it until I can't. Yeah, same I mean, here. Quite I also, wrangly. I also plan on eating Del Taco till I can't. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so I do jujitsu. I, you know, I think with with brown belt. Yeah, it was. It was the oh shit! Like, I oh, dude, I'm not a brown belt. Like man, this is for real. Like I got to freaking really start studying and focusing. And I don't know. Today was actually the first day it kind of felt like, Hey, maybe I am a brown belt. But <laughs> I think you for sure grow into your belt. You know, you never really, no matter how much you think like every day, like, Oh man, I want to get promoted. Like I want to get promoted. And then for sure, without a doubt, when you get the belt tied on you, you're always like, Oh, was I really ready? Yeah. Like, did I really, uh, deserve this or am i you know am i good enough to have this belt but then you just grow into the belt and then it becomes like any other belt you know i mean i guess it would be being a black belt i mean yeah that will be the last belt i mean that's gonna be the last belt i ever have that you're like all right well that's done and just keep learning and developing. yeah but dude how fun is it when we see everyone we train with get promoted and stuff too that's i love when i don't have a dog in the fight and i get to watch somebody else level yeah. up it's it's awesome yeah it's even more fun now watching people get promoted yeah 
it because you're not thinking about yourself at all no and you're just you're just looking at their face and seeing them get called out and i like i really look at the people like walking up and getting the belt tied on them and and they, they always forget to like line up in their new belt you know they start yeah. walking back to where they're it is cool seeing awesome because I, mean, I mean man and i mean i guess i'm lucky because i never felt that uh Hey, I need to get that belt. I really deserve that, and I'm grateful because I've seen people that lose have their it. shit. Yeah, that lose <laughs> lose their shit over not getting, you know, or people that I have reported to me. They got pissed off that I got my brown belt. <laughs> that were like losing their minds, and it was like, I mean, I get it, um, but anyway, all right. So this is hashtag comic head, not hashtag jujitsu head. Yeah, Chris. Jeez. Just, lo- just lost like half of our audience. Now we're down to five. <laughs> Lou Dog, we're glad you're still with us. Yes. You know, at this point, I don't even know if Lou Dog listens to us. I guess this is, uh, this is the little Easter egg. We'll see if he replies. Yeah, we'll, we'll see Lou Dog. Yeah, Lou Dog. Lou Dog. <laughs> they have podcasts in uh, Texas? <laughs> I don't think they podcast down there. I sent him a, I sent him a Dawn Patrol hoodie. And that I, made his day, dude. I put on... Lou, quote, dead to me, photog. <laughs> and the lady at the UPS store really didn't understand what I was doing. Like, hold it. His name's dead to me? I'm like, no. It's an inside joke. Anyway, so Lou, if you're still listening, let us know. But so we're doing something a little bit different with uh, this segment. Instead of all of us recommending a separate comic we Chris all made us all read the same book all the same book it's like a book club a comic book book club yeah and we're going to discuss it and this recommendation this came from you who's you chris uh oh yeah you can't see me pointing. <laughs> uh professor jeff so this is uh sarah by one of my favorite comic book writers uh garth ennis and actually, I don't even know the artist. I don't, that's what a loser I am. I don't even pay attention to artists. What's the company? Is it TKO? TKO, which I was not familiar with. They're until putting out some cool shit. They are putting out some cool stuff. I wasn't even aware of them until this. You, you recommended this book. So, um, Coach Jeff, why don't you tell us about uh, what is the premise? So the premise is that we are in Nazi-occupied Russia during World War II, and there is a team of female snipers that go out every day, and they're, like, performing these hits. And one of them is Sarah. And <clears throat> it's it's interesting because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was, like, very, I'm like, this is really interesting, a group of female snipers during World War II. Yeah. Like, and then you wonder if there were, were actually female snipers at that time. Which, who knows, there could have been, I guess. Like, it was a secret company of them or whatever. But uh, I just love, like, Garth Ennis's writing style. It's, like, real barren. It's, like, really tight. You know, he's not, like, it's not, like, too much dialogue or too much. He's, like, very sparse with his words. So they have more impact. The art's really good. It's by Steve Epting. And um, Chris, you want to tell us some more? Garth Ennis, he is of. I don't know if you guys do you have you read Preacher? I have not read Preacher, but I read Welcome Back, Frank. Okay, which yeah, he yeah. wrote. Which he he's known for. Uh, in addition to Preacher, he's known for The Boys, right? The Boys, yeah. And he's known for um, his work on The Punisher as well. He 
my first experience with him was the preacher comic book series and he so which is was i think they just wrapped up but it was an amc television show the boys is actually a great uh amazon prime um can't wait for season two yeah i mean it was a great series but he writes typically he goes over the top but he's one of those guys that can make it work and he has like i mean in preacher there's a character called arse face you know (laughs) he shot himself (laughs) <laughs> you know, the kid tried to kill himself, and his face was, like, puckered, and it looked like an anus. Yeah. Uh, and he became a a rock star, but you couldn't understand any word he said because his face... It was all lo- puckered. Yeah, it was like a butthole. He went over the top, so when you suggested it, I was like, all right, let's check it out. He was really restrained with this comic. Like, I mean, it to me, I kept thinking of uh, City of Thieves. Yeah, yeah, because of the the, yeah, the female sniper. Just, I mean, being in Russia, and the thing with the female snipers, I actually just read something recently that uh, I think she, for a long time she was number one, but it was a female, a Russian female sniper that had the most kills. I yeah, mean, it was like a hundred and thirty six confirmed kills. Uh, but then, I mean, she's been <coughs> beat, I surpassed. Think, yeah, she's been surpassed, but. So there was, uh, I mean, it was like in occupied Russia, it was all hands on deck. I mean, women, children. No, no, I'm sure that's what like City of Thieves came from. They got the idea for that too. Like she's the elite sniper. And that's the cool part. It's like her team is all elite snipers, but she's the most elite of them all. And they go on her backstory of like training and her training with another girl and like, and as the story goes on, so does her legend. And more and more people are talking about her. And I like knowing- that. And there was like a composite. They had the Nazis were like, it was just one person. And they were all arguing like, oh, no, that's you. That's Sarah. They're yeah. talking about Sarah. Yeah. And, and she keeps, as, as the comic goes on, so does the respect for her. And she's getting these one-on-one meetings in the tent with uh, the colonels and stuff. They're, they're willing to like go check on her family because of her. She'll get moved to the front. So they're going to go, you know, she wanted to know about her family. And so this is where my, um, a problem I had, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into huge detail. I think Johnny and I agree on this. I was a little disappointed with the ending. Mm. I felt the ending. It was great up till the ending. <laughs> it was just the very end was like, dude, what? No. <laughs> like <laughs> I wanted, and you know what? Some of that could be. And one th- reason I like comic books is that I think we are conditioned from Hollywood, the studio system that ties everything up in a nice bow and the hero comes out on top and not so much when you don't get that, you're kind of like, what? Like, but I mean, shit, man, you do a comic, a story, a film or whatever about war, like war, it's not. Well, and this is tied in for like six issues and they, you know, and it's the book version that was passed along to us. And, uh, you know, at first she's this elite person, but as the story goes on, this other sniper, uh, German sniper starts coming along and coming after him. And, and you see, she is definitely met her match 
where there this because she's such a badass at the beginning of the book that there, there's no one that can stop her. Then this one guy starts taking out her side, and it's like you know what? a and, rival. And the thing, the first one of that crew that got taken out, it was like, oh fuck, what? <laughs> and you know, you guys haven't even talked about how how cool the uh, the illustration is in this. Oh no, the art's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. The, the kill shots are insane because it's in the snow and they wear all white. So when someone gets shot in the head, it's this like pool of blood with a white background. It's that's, yeah. Garth Ennis writes pretty gnarly descriptions. Like he's a very visual writer and gruesome. And then yeah, like and then like there'll be like a shootout and then uh, then you, in the snow you'll see all like the pools of blood in the snow and stuff. And it's, it's dude, it's very vibrant. I also really liked how um, he did a great job of, like, showing how isolated she kept herself from everybody else. Like, there were scenes where when the female sniper team were going out in the morning, they kind of chat with, like, the regular soldiers, the men. They're, like, flirting. And some of them flirt with the men (laughs) because they want, like, a piece of chocolate or they want... A poem. Or whatever, a poem or a letter or whatever. And, like, Sarah behaves in such a way that, like, even though she's pretty, no one wants to talk to her. And also, she's one of the few snipers that doesn't work with, a, like, a spotter. She, like, works alone. Yeah. And and uh, I think that also combined with the flashbacks to her training and, like, <clears throat> being with, like, the teacher that they had given them and then, like, showing her um, against the other girl who was having these different reactions to the training and, like, having to kill someone and, and all that type of stuff. They did a, He did a really good job of kind of, like, showing how she had isolated herself, but at the same time, she was always really concerned about like what was happening in the city she was from, what was happening to her parents. Like, and then when you finally find out that her city, the city she was from had been like invaded, then she almost becomes like even more cold and shut shut off, you know? And then it becomes about like, I'm going to kill everyone, kill everyone. And especially like this, uh, this German, um, sniper. And even when she's acting like that, those two girls, she always, anytime she like set up the perimeters, she always kept these two girls safe behind her. Like they're going to have to get through me first before they get these two girls. Yeah. Which, and every time, every time, because there's a bunch of different battles and every time she always put these two girls that, that were newer than her, like behind her. Yeah. Cause like they protect. even talk about one of the other girls on the team, basically how she's like a security risk. Yeah. And how she's having a breakdown and, and kind of like. Because Sarah's not really, like, the leader. There's another woman who kind of runs the team or is, like, the captain of the team or whatever. I think she just oversees them. She's not actually a sniper. But they talk about this this uh, third girl, but they also, like, come to the realization that neither of them are going to report her because they don't want anything to happen to her. And then that they, by reporting her, they'll be dragged in, yeah. too. Like, they're by reporting it, it makes them all a liability, too. Right. They're in... <clears throat> comic book writing um this is one of those things that you don't really notice until it's done poorly but garth ennis um pacing he's like a master at pacing and he let this story breathe um it was kind of surprising i mean because there were six issues right yeah. yeah so for the scope of the story six issues i was like god damn like that's a lot of pages like but it felt organic like it felt like he gave enough beats to certain scenes that it worked um overall i really liked it i mean i have 
just a couple gripes that, you know, maybe the ending could have. Holly- I don't know. Hollywood but, will change it. But the <laughs> the thing is too, like, I don't know how it could have ended differently. I mean, it's just, I you know, I mean, in war, it leaves you hanging though. Like you could have gone one more step, but <laughs> yeah, I actually where it the last scene or the last panel that was a great panel yeah that was a great panel um but it was you know i I joked like i'll write something my mom will read and she's like what happened next i'm like what are you talking about like that (laughs) you're like i'm done it ended you know (laughs) like that's where it ended and she always wants to have everything so i'm not quite that bad but i felt that the last panel was like you wanted a little bit more yeah like it's kind of it kind of like uh it reminds me of No Country for Old Men in the way that, like, they didn't show... There was restraint and they didn't show certain stuff. And I remember going to see that movie with, like, a buddy of mine. And we got out and he's like, that movie was terrible. I didn't understand what like what happened to these people and what happened to this at the end. And I'm like, well, that's not the point. Like, Yeah. So I kind of... I I actually liked the ending. I mean, I it was weird. It was like I didn't like it, but then I was like, I I like it. It was a non-ending ending. Yeah. You know, like yeah. super because it like circles back to her training. It circles back to like stuff that she had learned, and then like how she's gonna get the last. Um, like she's gonna move her chess piece last. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also like this very kind of like gruesome and like gut-wrenching moment and then it ends and you don't get to see what actually happens yeah yeah well i remember i mean i can't say i remember the last panel of every comic i read but this one right sticks with you you're like oh yeah i was all motherfucker yeah and i (laughs) so some of that with me saying i didn't like the ending was it was good enough to make you want more yes yeah i mean and i think no Country for Old Men, the film. I mean, that's a good analogy because you're like, hold it, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, did he kill him or did he not? Or that what was happened? a bizarre ending. Like, it like, was bizarre. Dude, what? <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I liked it. It was a good recommendation. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, hey, did you happen to read uh, another Garth? So after I read this, I was like, kind of went on a Garth Ennis tear. Do you uh, walk through hell? Have you read that? I have not. I will bring you that. Cool. That was. Why don't you guys? Why don't you talk about it on the next uh, episode, Chris? Hey, you know, it's a good. I'm going to give it to you, and we'll you... do it for the next comic hashtag comic head. All right, walk through hell. We'll just go on a Garth Ennis thing. I really like so, it. So, so once again, the comic we talked about is Sarah. You can get it at. Comics TNT, if you're in our area. If not, you can find it on Amazon or TKO. Have their own uh, website. I see it on Instagram all the time. They're really pushing their company now. Hey, so real quick. I actually read every issue on my Kindle. Okay. And I there's a function where you can hit a panel and it, it will skip to each panel. Oh, sick. So it blows it up. And I, dude, I really liked it. That's and cool. it was clicking and it was like, oh. I, um, I enjoy. That's really cool. That's a cool feature. Yeah, it was a really cool I'm feature. I'm a purist and I like to hold it in my hand. <laughs> Feel, he likes the smell of the paper. I like the smell of the ink still. He likes to go the into paper. the shop. <laughs> you know, like, talk I'm, to Jacob. <laughs> uh, Jacob, say, 
Hey, I uh, I didn't know if I just added this. I put this in your pull list just in case you wanted it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, bro. You know I want it. <laughs> Dude, I know. That's the worst. Where it's like, now I got another freaking series. Now I got another series. Support your local comic shop. Yeah. Hell if, yeah. If you have the possibility of going to your comic shop instead of going to Amazon, do that. Well, no, I agree with that. And I, hey, 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 I still go to comics, TNT, but I did read on Cause Amazon. Because I felt like I had to Dino chop, chop. Mike. <laughs> That was a take on the name. Of, okay, go on. As you are. <laughs> uh, no, that was it. So, uh, Sarah Professor Garthenis, would you recommend it? I give it a thumbs up. Regardless, I give it a thumbs up. I, I thought the, the story and the illustration, and I thought it was really w- well written, being the novice uh, comic head that I am, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Thumbs up. I also give it a thumbs up. Ooh, approved by a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> then it's got to be good. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Professor Jeff. Thank you, guys. All right. Okay, so now we're in the recommendation portion of the show. I'm going to go first. All right, Chris. So, Jamie and I, my wife. My wife. (laughs) And I, uh, when Mr. Robot came out, that first season, we watched it and we both thought it was amazing. It was great. The second season, still thought it was good. Kind of went off on a weird tangent, but we finished it, but it took us a while to finish it. So, by the time season three came out like we just kind of drifted away like we just i don't know we never got around to watch it i mean it's been like i don't know i think the third season came out in 2016 so it's been a while and randomly like a couple weeks ago we're like had nothing to watch and she's like well let's go back to mr robot and watch that and i'm like eh all right completely got sucked in completely so there are four seasons there's one more season and the main actor is or rami malik yeah um who won an oscar for uh bohemian rhapsody yeah i named that chris and (laughs) (laughs) and so we have watched the first two episodes of um the fourth season but we had to pay for them so i had to uh 
send out the bat signal to the pirate I know, and apparently I'm going home tonight with all of the episodes, which I'm sure my wife and I will binge watch this weekend. Um, but my recommendation, if people have not seen Mr. Robot, it is worth your time. Nice. Knock, knock. You can get the door and I'll start talking about mine. Okay. Okay, my recommendation of uh, is also a TV show, and it is uh, Miracle Workers. And that is starring, it's on TBS, it's starring Steve Buscemi and Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, it's actually part of an anthology show. So season one, Steve Buscemi plays God, and, uh, but he's like, he's like a total lazy God, like, he just sits at home on his TV watching, like, uh, like NASCAR racers uh, thanking God, and then he'll rewind it. So, he, like, I like to thank God, and it's all, I like to thank God, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Daniel Radcliffe plays, uh, he's, he works in the prayers, answering prayers department, and, but he fucking doesn't want to do anything big, so he just, uh, he he only helps people like look for their lost keys when they're like please let me find my keys or or please let me find my my glove in the snow that's the only thing he like he like tries to do he doesn't try and like cure cancer or anything and then uh so that's like season 1 and i got totally sucked into it and season season 2 now is a totally different show and i like i said it's part of an anthology so uh so this this is taking place in the dark ages. So there it's like medieval times and uh Daniel Radcliffe is now playing the uh the king's son. And uh and uh Steve Buscemi <laughs> is now playing uh a shit shoveler and that's his that's his name. His name's like Peter Shit Shoveler. So he just goes around picking up poop all day and he's just like totally happy with his job. He's like <laughs> See you later, Frank. Uh, and I'll see you after breakfast, Mary. Like it's pretty fu- funny show, dude. You know what? Actually, the whole part about rewinding. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he's got like long gray hair. You sold. You <laughs> sold me on that. I'll actually check it out. All right. And then um, gotta take. It. <laughs> Can you hear uh, Prof Jeff playing? Yeah, we got a lot of shit going on right now. We got Prof Jeff. Uh, just came in. Uh, so, what song are you taking us out to? Oh, and the dogs freaking going. Kai like, is going on crazy, us. dude. The uh, the song I picked. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's got a new album coming out. Okay. And uh, it's, it's called Ordinary Man, and this is the uh, title track off of it. And it has some guest appearances with uh, Sir Elton John playing piano and singing a verse. And guitar solo by Slash himself. So uh, it's a very, very throwback to uh, like November Rain shit, dude. Dude, Slash, I love White Snake. <laughs> yeah. Trickster were the best. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so we're going to take him out with Ordinary Man, and that album's coming out like in a week or two. Sounds good. All right. Prepare. 
Just remember I'm still here